0: hey guys how you doing welcome back to vicarious competition I'm uh, mike and this is episode oh i think it's seven i have to start writing down what episodes it is i'm going to say it's episode seven uh i'll make sure it's labeled correctly but i gotta make sure that i get the episode numbers right uh, moving forward because uh, i don't always record the episodes on, on you know exactly each day sometimes they'll do a couple episodes in one day for this one, I want to I want to continue. This is going to be part two of competitive play. There were a couple of thoughts uh, at the end there that I didn't quite get out, so I, I want to circle back and revisit them. You know, as far as competitive attitude, how to interact uh, as a competitive player in in various environments. You know, because it's important. The, the single most important thing is to is to play games. You know, we're here to, to have fun. We're here to interact with with other people, and and hopefully, you know, we, we consider them our friends. But, but we want to play games first and foremost. You know, you're know, you not always going to be in a cutthroat environment. You're sometimes going to be in, in more casual environments. And different people react to the games uh, differently. Particularly when losing. One thing, uh, a really, really solid piece of advice that I, that I liked in, in War Machine uh, land that, that applies any competitive game is, is the post-game discussion. Uh, you, you see a wide variety of different reactions. People win, people lose. And, and there's this urge or... Or not urge, but this tendency, you know, you feel like you want to reach out and, and help the other person, you know, oh, you know, I noticed when you when you did this thing, you know, maybe if you had done something different, or, or I think this move was a mistake. Not everyone is going to be receptive to that one. And and it's not always, you know, apparent, you know, some people get really mad when they lose. And, and that's, that's okay, you know, I mean, as long as you're not, totally flipping out like you're allowed to be mad like I hate myself when I lose uh you know and I just need a couple of minutes you know I I think about all the the horrible things that that I did wrong um and and why it was completely my fault or or sometimes it's the dice's fault and then then that's a little bit easier I think because then you can just blame the dice um on that one uh, and and still feel good about yourself but anyway (laughs) uh not everyone is, is going to be receptive to that. You know, they, they don't want to hear it uh, and they don't want to talk. Uh, you, you have that interaction where, um, you know, the, the opponent is packing up in silence. That's like like, like the Grim Reaper of the, of the post-game discussion. You know, your opponent is just, you know, they're, they're being as graceful as they can, but they're, they're mad as hell and, and they're just not saying anything. My, my advice on that one and, and something that has worked really well for me is just, you know, do not speak unless spoken to. Um, and you can get really strong social cues pretty much right away um, uh, after your game. You know, you're, you're going to see what kind of mood your opponent is in. Uh, and, and you want to be really sensitive to that and really receptive to that because, you know, you don't want to end up putting your foot in your mouth or upsetting them further. You know, some people, everyone responds differently and, and it's important to keep that in mind so when, when my opponent's packing up in silence well, for whatever reason they're mad about me, you know, maybe they're mad about, you know, a certain pair or whatever, you don't want to try to explain or, or downplay you know, You don't, oh, you know, my, my monster pair isn't that broken, you know, he's actually fair for these reasons no, none of it um, just let them pack up and, and let them go and then if they're ready. Some people love the post-game discussion. You know, I, I think I actually learn, personally, I learn more from my losses than I, I do uh, wins. You know, I think there, there's always something that you could have done different, something that you did wrong, or something that you can improve on, and, and that's how I learn best. But just just keep that in mind, you know. The competitive environment, particularly in Mompop, can be a really, really friendly place. One of one of the many strengths is, is the lack of... <clears throat> Um, measurement. You know, you don't have to argue with your opponent about measurements. Y- you have everything right there in front of you. It's, it's in the tiles. You know, things move certain squares. You generate a certain amount of power dice. There's very, very few, you know, unless there's a lapse in attention, you know, or something, you know, something gets. I guess something could get nudged, but I don't know, man. It's really, really hard to be disingenuous when you're playing Mompok. Um, you know, all the information is there, so there's very little, uh, you know, that you can really fuss with your opponent about. So, which, which makes it a much cleaner, nicer experience. Another thing I want to touch on, and the reason I, I made a whole episode, uh, a second episode, because I, I think we can spend a whole episode talking about this specifically, is what do take-backs look like at Monpoc, and, and what's acceptable and what isn't. And and i got to say, so far, I've been extremely, extremely proud of the Monpoc community and, and their, their courtesy. And what I can consider, you know, not even, you know, like a huge gimme, but um, certain... Uh, Considerations that that I've seen, you know, even at the at the top level, you know, even competing at lock and load and privateer press officially sanctioned event. Oh, we got a truck going by us. I don't know. The background noise is going to suck. Let me let this guy go. Oh, it's a big truck. Holy smokes! It's like a whole tractor trailer full of cars. And there he goes. Okay. So even at the topmost level, one of the things is uh, I don't even know what what to call it, but like spawn order. So if you're spawning units and you realize, you know, oh, I needed to bump spawn this thing instead, or or I need to shuffle this around, or this model needs to be on the other side of the map for for what my moves, you know, when I need my moves to work, or rewinding um, monster movements, you know, you you move your monster forward, you're like, oh, wait, damn, you know, uh, I don't have the movement to get to where I wanted to, so let me rewind that and, and move somewhere else there's no, um, as of the time of this recording, there's no, like, reactionary stuff, you know, there's no, like, overwatch shots, there's no interactions that you, you have on your opponent's turn like that, that, like, actually interrupt what they're doing, so I have, I always extend this courtesy of my player, I do take this courtesy sometimes, you know, but allowing your opponent to play their turn as best as they can, you know, it does a number of things, number one, it keeps the game friendly you know, there's not really a reason, in my opinion, to hawk over somebody's spawn order or something like that, because everything is, uh, you know, effectively, it's a, it's a neutral sum, zero sum game, neutral sum game, um, everything happens kind of the same anyway, there's no impact, there's no randomization on your spawn order or, or location or, or anything of that nature, so... So there's not a good reason to hold your opponent to that, and it just kind of sours the experience. You know, I don't even know how, well, I know how I'd react, you just kind of have to grin and bear it. But, you know, it would be a really sad game for me, you know, if my opponent was like, Oh, well, you already put down that crawler, and you said you a bumps pointing the crawler, so you can't reverse their positions. You know, I'd be like, I guess that's fine, but why, why are you like this? <laughs> you know, like, there's just no reason. So a, a shout out to the community overall for, for, you know, growing into that culture just naturally. But but I did want them to mention on that, you know, because there's a tendency at, at the com- competition level, you know, people kind of get those, those you know, like hyper-focused moments where they're just caught up in the moment, you know, and you have that, that kind of like little voice that is like, no, don't let them do it, don't let them do it, that's the reason that you're going to lose. Uh, in, in my opinion, if, if that's the reason you're going to lose, then, then you didn't deserve to win in the first place. Um, you know, I've always been mostly generous in, in my wargaming with, um, with take backs and different things, uh, you know, at least with um, when the intent is clear, you know, because I want to beat my opponent at their best. For me, that makes the wins that much juicier, you know, because you beat them knowing that, you know, they didn't, you know, consciously, they didn't make any, like, mechanical mistakes or, or you know mistakes that they caught immediately you know that that totally changes once attacks are made you know you, you shouldn't let people you could even argue once movement started you know maybe it's too late to switch spots around but for as far as the unit phase goes um but but i like to know that i beat my opponent at, at their best you know and, and for me that makes for a, a more satisfying victory by by a large margin so I, I think that's really important, and, and I think it's important, you know, also because it helps maintain, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to keep circling back to this probably the, the entire duration of the series, but the competitive, the the misconception that competitive players are these, like, win at all costs, like mean, ruthless, you know, uh, we're, we're not playing, uh, you know, certain other games where you can argue whether your cover is 75% or 50% or, Forty percent, you know, there's there's none of that. Like Monpac is an open information game, so and and one of the reasons why it works on a competitive level, um, you know, because that that's really important. Um, you know, that that kind of fairness to it, and and you'll you'll get in, you know, that's that's part of the nuance, your spawn order and everything. And the thing is, if you're playing on clock, which I think you should. I I play on clock even in casual games and and all you have to do is say, oh, well, the game isn't over, you know, when the clock ticks, you know, it's just, just, I would prefer to play on the clock. It helps you get in in, uh, familiar with the motions that you need in a competitive environment and it also kind of prevents that stalling out, you know, it just adds just a touch, just the right amount of, um, just the right amount of, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, hurry, uh, I'm blanking on the word, guys, but, you know, just because some people, you know, they get caught in that analysis paralysis, and, and they just can't pull out of it, you know, in a game that really only needs to take an hour, hour and a half, um, ends up slugging out, you know, like a three hour, and that's not really fun for either party, you know, when you just get lost in, in the sauce like that, you know, so having that timer is like a soft, um, like a soft dismissal can really help. Um, you know, it helps you practice during tournaments, you know, again, the, the goal of the series eventually is to get people, you know, advice and, and discussions surrounding competitive play. So, um, so that that's, that's pretty much wraps up the, the basics as far as, um, you know, the, that heavy competition, you know, etiquette, competition etiquette, I think that um, that's pretty good. So, uh, we'll call the episode there we're sitting at 10 minutes they've been running a little bit long which is which is good uh you know i was worried you know the worries is it's going to be too short. But we're hitting the 10 minute mark uh thank you guys so much for listening uh we are going to be getting uh th- these are primarily going to be published i think on field of fire we're, we're working on getting the rollouts um eventually i will do uh, a patreon you know so that everybody does a patreon so you just have it you let it sit there and and nobody jumps in, and that's okay. But then sometimes some people jump in, and that's really awesome, really sweet. So we'll we'll figure, figure out like what the tiers look like and, and all that stuff. you know. So, so that's coming in the future. Uh, may already be online by the time these, this episode gets posted. We are going to be debuting uh, in January, so I'm recording a bunch of these up front and early so that uh, you know we can have a smooth rollout. But thank you all for listening. I uh, appreciate your time and your attention, and I will catch you guys next time. See you later.